The Money Show. Small business. With Pablo Fatidis. This small business feature is brought to you by Old Mutual. Visit oldmutual.co.za. Old Mutual, do great things every day. Pablo Fatidi, selling, selling, selling. It is the absolute epicenter of any business in the world. If you can't sell, well, you go to hell because that rhymes. Um, but selling is everything, right? <laughs> it is. Life is about selling. Business ownership is about non-stop selling. Non-stop selling. And Bruce, you know what? In today's world, it's... I look at so many different businesses, and yes, of course, you've got special features, and of course, your your, your product is really unique to you, and your service is really well thought through, but at the end of the day, everything is becoming increasingly commoditized. So if you don't get the deal done when you are in front of a client, if you don't get the deal done when you're in front of a client, just know that that client is looking at four, five, six, fifteen, a hundred other services similar to yours and the, the the art of getting the deal done is not about talking to the the uh, product and the service that you have to offer it's about learning how to manage the objections that are sure to come and objection management is really what selling is all about more than selling in itself it Ob- needs a lot more than just gift of the gab objection management so this is where somebody makes an excuse to not engage with you or not to buy your product or to push you away and if you can manage the objections, you've got a higher chance of then making a sale. They haven't finalized their decision on you, but they're kind of going, nah, not for us, not right now. And you've got to be very good at listening to why you may not be a fit with them right now and see if you can be, uh, make them a, a, a different offer, different proposition. Well, I think, you know, there are a number of ways of, of doing this because, um Broadly speaking, there are about five objections that always, always apply in every single instance. Well, there's six. The the first reason you don't get a deal done is because nobody knows about you. But let's say we've gotten through that. Let's say you're sitting in front of a customer or a client. There are more or less five very normal reasons. And if you think about these, when I share them with you, Bruce, you'll be able to apply them to, to every day of your life. And the five objections start with, The big one, the big M, which is money. Money is all about, well, I don't have budget, Bruce. I can't afford it, Bruce. Um, you know, we didn't, we didn't account for this, Bruce. There's always a money objection that rises up and, and, and spoils the process of selling. Then, of course, the next one is trust. I don't believe you can deliver this. I mean, who are you? I've never heard of you. Have you done this before? Can you really do what you say you do? Trust Trust creates the doubt, and the doubt is enough of an objection. Trust is so important. We're chatting to the co-founder of um, Sir Juice. Uh, Not not Sir Juice, Sir Fruit. Um, the ba- one of the Baker brothers, the three Baker brothers in a business in case that end together and they've uh, become very big in the juice market. They're supplied to more than 500, uh, 5,000 outlets all over the country and um, they make a fabulous fresh juice offering and, and, and smoothies and all sorts of stuff. In a previous business, they got themselves into a huge amount of trouble and ended up with huge debt covenants all over the place and they could have declared bankruptcy. They could have backed away from it, but they looked around and went, people know us. People trust us. And so we've had some bad luck. And they made sure they went into the corporate world and went and got salaries so that they could pay off their debts and then resurrect themselves as entrepreneurs. Trust is is a non-negotiable in this space, right? Well, trust is where your wealth lies. It's where your currency lies. It's it's absolutely vital. 
Nobody wants to spend, you know, many, many years ago, I was involved in, in a, a number of acquisitions on behalf of a company that listed on the JSC that focused all its attention on the products that you find on the hawker's table. You know, when you, when you move towards a taxi rank, you'll see someone yeah. put up a, a plastic bucket with a piece of cardboard on top and they'll be sending some sweets and some cigarettes or whatever the case might be. The sophistication around identifying those products was remarkable. And what I learned was this. When I was speaking to a number of these hawkers, they turned on and they said, we only buy sweets of a particular brand. And I said, but why do you buy on the brand and not on the price? Because you're selling for a few cents. And they said, look at that boiled sweet on the table. That boiled sweet sells for 20 cents. That boiled sweet, I know when it's made, has no air bubbles in it. So my customers know that brand and they know that when they <laughs> buy it, that sweet lasts longer than any other brand. Yeah. That's why I only buy that sweet. And trust is really what really, it's the essence of brand. If you've got trust on your side, if your customer trusts you, a deal is always done, yeah. always. What happens if somebody says to you, but I don't need what you're offering? I mean, that's quite a hard one to... Navigate, yeah, isn't it? Because I do what I do. You've told me to focus. Now I do this one thing that you told me to do because you've told me that years ago. And then they say, but we don't need your widget, your thing, your service, your product. Uh, and Bruce, can I tell you something? That's where we are in the world today. You know, most people, most people really don't need the service or product that you're offering, really when it comes down to it. And very often they don't need it, largely because they're not aware that they need it. So you've got to give them a reason to need it. You've got to make, give them a reason to care, right? Yeah, you've got to surface the need. You've got to elicit the need. You've got to ask the right series of questions to help people understand that if you have something of value and you know that you are serving the right customer, you often have to help people understand that they don't know what they don't know. And that process in itself is what business development's all about. It's part of what we spoke about last week. It's more than selling. It's more than marketing. It's a process of education. It's expensive. It's costly. It's timely, but it's absolutely essential. So creating the need is, is, is important. What's the correct response to that's very nice, Pava. Thank you so much for coming in. You're obviously very enthusiastic and very energetic and you do really many very interesting things. I just don't know what, I don't need what you're offering right now. How do you get around that one? It's kind of this issue of urgency and it's such a problem because if you think of what drives the purchase decision, so let's say um, we have a good argument for money, we have a good argument for trust, we've elicited the need. Urgency is the impulse to now move forward, the decision to take that big step. And here's the thing, Bruce, if you don't create, if you don't create the need deep enough, in other words, if you don't show that without buying the product or service you're offering, a problem will arise that is going to be costly, that is going to be painful, that is going to create trauma and drama in that person's life. If you don't create that need with a strong enough impulse, the urgency never arises to make the decision now. And the problem with someone not making a decision now when you're in the process of selling is I promise you a week later they've forgotten about you. Yeah. So that urgency is vital to make somebody move. How, though, 
do you engage with all of these points? And I will save the last one for last. But how do you engage with all of these points without being like a yappy, and I love Jack Russells, but like a yappy, annoying Jack Russell who you just want to put outside with a muzzle on uh, because it's just too frustrating and annoying because the salesperson's not listening to you. I've told you I can't afford it. I told you I don't think that you can deliver. I, I don't need it. I, I don't need it right now. I certainly don't. All of these things where I've told you and you keep on rebutting everything I tell you. You keep telling me how much I do need it. And I know I don't. Maybe in some point in the future. But how do you do it without being blimmin' annoying? <laughs> you know what, Bruce? The thing is this. You should raise all these objections before the person you're selling to raises them. Because when someone gets an idea in their mind that they either can't afford it or don't need it or there's no urgency or they don't trust you, when they get that idea in their mind, we speak about biases. These biases are unconscious anchors in your brain that make you stick an anchor, a thought to a process or a person or a purchase. You need to raise these objections ahead of time because to the extent that you do, and there's a technique behind this, to the extent that you do, it immediately resolves it in the mind of your potential client. So let's let's work on a good example. So let's say, for example, you sell landscaping, right? Uh, residential landscaping. And you're meeting a potential homeowner. You're meeting a homeowner who's looking at potentially redoing their garden. And they turn around and, and you can, you're getting a sense that money's going to be the issue, that money is going to get in the way. In the process of proposing what you're going to do, you must turn, you, you raise the objection. You say, you know, Bruce, we, we have clients who thought they couldn't afford our service. So you raise it in a statement. And as you raise it, you resolve it. And you carry on and you say, for example, um, until we ran the numbers on how much, on how much climate change landscaping, so let's say it's a particular form of landscaping, saves and returns value for them. And then you need to demonstrate it. And if you've done your homework properly, prior to engaging in the selling process, you could, for example, say, here's a picture of a home and a garden that was on the market for 11 months, Bruce. They weren't able to sell it. The average price of the homes in that neighborhood was 3 million rand. They invested 82,000 rand with us to redo their garden. And three months later, the home sold for 12% more above the average home price. That's what preparation is. And if you raise all the objections ahead, knowing what objections you typically face, whether it be money, time or urgency, whether it be trust or whether it be need, if you raise them all ahead before the client or customer can raise them and resolve them, it proactively puts you on the front foot to get those deals done because it leaves that client or customer fully engaged and trusting in the process himself. It's called selling in the sunlight, and it's one of the best ways to do it. You've got to make them understand that what you do will give them value, I suppose. You've got to make them realize that uh, you you have a level of integrity and an empathy with their position. You're not saying you're poor. We're not saying you're stupid. We're not saying you're inadequate. What we're saying is 
we understand that this is a big ticket item. This is not something that you're not going to sit under the shade of the tree we are to plant here, but this particular tree grows really quickly. And in five years' time, the next owner of this property is going to have a magnificent Sunday brunch and they might invite you to it. Um, and, you know, again, just be open to your customers' concerns, I suppose. And be open. But if you haven't raised the objection, and an objection is raised, you know, very often it comes across like this. Bruce, I'm really interested in it, but not right now. What do most salespeople do? They put that on the phone and say, okay, I'll come back to you. I'll circle around to you in six months. <laughs> and then I'll reach yeah. out. <sighs> I'll reach out to you in six months. No, you don't. When you're speaking to someone and you're in the process of selling, you've got to get that conversation grounded in truth. And what I often say is, Bruce, respectfully, in my experience, when people say that, it means you're either not interested or it's unaffordable. If I may ask, which of the two is it? Open-ended question puts them in a position where they're either going to say not interested, then you know it's a need and urgency issue, not affordable, then you know it's a money and trust issue. And if you've done your work, you know how to resolve both of those in the second round of discussion. Don't let go once you have a customer or client that you know you can serve well in front of you. You need to close that deal because it puts you on the front foot of selling and that puts you on the front foot of leading and growing your business. Pavel Fatidis, Auric Business Accelerator.